0: You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. The
1: sinful mind is hostile to God does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Romans 12 says we're to renew our minds and that's our responsibility. And what God says he will do, he will transform us. Be transformed. I can't transform myself, neither can you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's mine and your responsibility. That's our responsibility.
0: Self-discipline is hard. It's okay to admit it. You want that brownie after dinner. One more episode, which leads to one more, and maybe another after that. When something looks good and brings you happiness, it's really hard to say no. But what if those harmless good things lead you to sin? Pastor Danny will encourage you to practice self-discipline in the little things before you get caught up in something much harder to control. Can you do it on your own? No, but the Holy Spirit is here to help. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12 with today's edition of The Living Word.
1: Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Now, Esau, for a single meal, sold his inheritance. So in order to satisfy his physical desire, he lost out on so much. There's one physical appetite that every one of us is going to have to deal with. (laughs) It's that three-letter word. Sex, but specifically sexual immorality. And I like to, when I talk about uh, this kind of message, I always like to remind us, hell didn't create sex. Heaven did. God created sex, but sin has perverted it. Sin has perverted it. Let me just talk to you honestly about sexual temptation, okay? Sexual temptation, it's unique in a lot of ways. Uh, First of all, it's unique because it's a God-given desire. No matter what your background, God-given. Second, it's universal in its appeal because it's a God-given desire. It doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter what language you speak, what culture. Listen, around the globe, everybody's got to deal with this. Everybody got to deal with it. Universal. Let me tell you a third one. I still haven't come to terms with all this verse means, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, if I sin sexually, I sin against my own body. I sin against my own body. So I'm sinning against my own body when I sin sexually. Well, Let me give you one more. It is extremely potent. You say, what does potent mean? Well, it means powerful. It means persuasive. Powerful. Persuasive. Man after God's own heart, King David, who we saw last week overcame the temptation for a bitter root against that fool named Nabal. And that's what his name means, fool. Same man who resisted that bitter root fell to lust and adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. Same man. Joseph, hated by his brothers, sold into slavery in Egypt. When you read the story, it's so fascinating to me. The first recorded temptation that Joseph faced down in Egypt was what? Potiphar is his owner. Joseph is Potiphar's slave. And the Bible says, loosely translated, it would be this. Joseph was a hunk. He was well-built And handsome. And Potiphar's wife took notice of him and day after day tried to get Joseph in bed with her. Tried to seduce him. And day after day, Joseph resisted. And it's interesting, the first recorded temptation for young Joseph, 17 years old, 17 years old, was sexual temptation. 999 men out of 1,000 might have fallen. Thank God Joseph didn't. Because he's far away from home. And God gave him a dream that he'd be exalted above his brothers and his own mom and dad one day. And now he's down in Egypt as a slave. He's got to be perplexed and looking for love, a little intimacy, a little relief. And here this woman's coming at him down in Egypt. My goodness, how many guys wouldn't say, I've been looking for this situation all my life. And Joseph resisted repeatedly. Samson, you look at his life. You study his life and he had several weaknesses, but one of his greatest weaknesses, you know what it was? It was a weakness for women, women out of the will of God. That's how the story starts off in the book of Judges about Samson. He fell in love with a woman out of the will of God for his life. And he has one string of relationships after another. You know, the final uh, downfall of Samson, how did it come about? Through a woman named Delilah, another woman out of the will of God in his life. You fast forward. Uh, By the way, Old Testament prophets, repeatedly you hear their voices calling Israel away from the rampant sexual sin that they had gotten involved in. Matter of fact, when Satan couldn't get them any other way as they're headed for the promised land, you read about Balaam, that sorcerer. And while he couldn't put a curse on them, he did come up with a plot hatched in hell to send out the Moabite women, invite the Israelite men to their church services and over 24,000 men fell to sexual immorality that day. Amazing. Fast forward to the New Testament, the church of Corinth, all kind of spiritual gifts being manifested in this church, and yet they were carnal. They were fleshly. They were given in to their carnal nature, so much so that a guy in the church was having a sexual relationship with his father's wife, and the church wasn't doing anything about it. Jude describes some men in the early church who were, and I quote, blemishes by heaven's perspective, blemishes or zits, if you will, at your love feast. People come into the meetings and it describes them as those like ancient Sodom and Gomorrah, who I quote, gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. You get to the book of Revelation, the last book in the, in the Bible. And seven letters to seven churches, and two of those churches that Jesus spoke to had rampant sexual sin in their midst that needed to be dealt with. It's powerful, persuasive. Every time I think about the 30 years I've been in ministry and the scores of people I've seen fall to this this temptation. A fellow years ago that was prominent. Worship leader in a prominent Calvary Chapel. Years ago, he's actually come and played here. It was discovered he had had a, for quite a while, number of years a relationship with, I think it was a secretary, but it was another lady in the church. Ruined his ministry. Brought havoc on his family. Guy in our own Calvary house, discipleship ministry years ago. One of his services in the church was driving the golf cart around. You know, picking up people in the parking lot. And another lady in the church was also a part of that ministry. And we had no idea. They struck up a relationship. Next thing we know, they're leaving town together. They left town together. Another very prominent leader in the movement of Calvary Chapel, if I told you some of the characteristics of his life and how God's used him in the past, you'd know who it is. And he planted a church. And got involved with some young lady in the church and left his wife. It's just sad. I think about my own family. I think about my kids. I go to places like Proverbs. By the way, pray for your kids every day. Pray for your kids every day. And it doesn't matter how you failed. You don't want them to fail. Whether you failed or not, you don't want them to fail. Proverbs 5 goes like this. My son... Pay attention to my wisdom, listen well to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey sweet. Her speech is smoother than oil but in the end she's bitter as gall, sharp as a double edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Keep to a path far from her. Don't go near the door of her house. Proverbs 7, same idea, same context. And sadly, it mentions one youth who follows her. And All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Don't let your heart turn to her ways or stray to her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. That's why God tells us in Hebrews, see to it, that no one is sexually immoral. Godless like Esau. Thank God he tells us how to win the battle. There is a way to win the battle. How to win the battle against the flesh. Now, all the flesh, all the flesh, but especially uh, sexual temptation. You're not going to like this one, but here's the numero uno advice that heaven gives on how to escape sexual temptation. 1 Corinthians 6:18. flee sexual immorality. Run. <laughs> Joseph, being sought after by Potiphar's wife, trying to seduce him day after day, and he kept resisting, and finally one day she actually literally grabs him. What does he do? He runs for his life. He runs for his life. That's the numero uno instruction God gives. You better run. But then you got to fortify. Fortify. What does that mean? It means to provide or equip with defensive works. To strengthen or invigorate physically, mentally, or morally. I need to fortify, and you do, we do, my mind. Let me just read a couple of scriptures on this because this is so practical, and some of us just haven't come to terms with it. you got to come to terms with this. If I'm not fortifying my mind, I'm going to lose the battle. Romans 7, verse 21, so I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Anybody relate to that one? For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind. Romans 8 verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. That's what you think about. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. Does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Romans 12 says we're to renew our minds, and that's our responsibility. And what God says he will do, he will transform us. Be transformed. I can't transform myself, neither can you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's my and your responsibility. That's our responsibility. And of course, he's talking about the word of God and the things of heaven. Colossians 3, set your mind and your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Ephesians 4, Paul encourages us, don't be like the Gentiles. And he's really just talking about unbelievers. Don't be what you were. Don't be what you were. And he talks about the futility of their thinking. Their thinking. That's where their mindset is. And Philippians four, all kind of godly characteristics and good things, and Paul says, "Think about these things." One of the best little booklets, and I, I didn't give the bookstore any warning, but it's called "What's on Your Mind." One of the best little booklets, other than the Bible, you can read. What's on your mind? Now, I also need to fortify, and we need to fortify our bodies. First Thessalonians four, and the context there is sexual uh, sin and sexual temptation. We ought to learn to control our bodies in a way that's holy and honorable, not in the passionate, not like the heathen, not like those who don't know God in their passionate lust. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I beat my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I might not be disqualified. Now, I broke it down for me into three areas. I'll share it with you. I got to discipline my body. By the way, a lot of verses on self-control, 1 Peter 5, is a great When be self-controlled and alert because your enemy, the devil, is prowling around looking for someone to, to devour. So that means who's he going to prey on? First and foremost, those who don't have self-control. They haven't developed self-control in their life. Uh, first place I began to develop self-control in my life as a 19-year-old brand new Christian was my eyes. Uh, This verse David wrote in the Old Testament, I'll set no unclean thing. I learned it in the King James Version then. I'll set no unclean thing before mine eyes. And I began to look away from the low blouse and the short skirt. I began to look away from the billboards. I began to stop going to the movies where they had things that would tempt me sexually. And I still try to do that today. I just maintain a habit of looking away. Listen, you don't get no warm fuzzies looking away. Let's be practical here. It's not fun to look away. It's more fun to imagine. And fill your mind with imaginations. And you can get a lot of satisfaction from that, but it's sinful satisfaction, and it'll never lead you toward the blessing of God. Never. Never. You learn to look away. Second, you're not going to like this one. Not just my eyes, but my eating habits. What's Satan use? What's Satan use in the garden? What's Satan use in paradise? Now, he couldn't use sexual temptation. It was only one man, one woman, Adam and Eve. Couldn't use sexual sin. There was no sexual sin. So what did he use? Another physical appetite, food. Listen, we ought to be self-controlled in every area of life. We ought to be self-controlled in our eating habits. And I'm not trying to brag. I, I'm just telling you, I've made a habit in my life. I've told you this before. You know it. I've made a habit of saying no to dessert. Now that doesn't mean I never eat dessert, but nine times out of 10, I'll say no to dessert. And some people think you don't like dessert. I like dessert. I used to be an ice cream king. I used to have, have to have ice cream every night before I went to bed. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going to develop some self-control here. I'm going to say no to dessert. And that's just become a habit in my life. So you learn to say no to something. I think Carl Dixon, pastor at Calvary, Sarasota, said to me years ago, and I never forgot it. You ought to say no to something every day that you do like and yes to something you don't like. Just develop and maintain that discipline. So I think God help us. I know you do have to go to detox. Some of us need to learn to say no to coffee. Oh, okay. We won't spend a lot of time on that one. All right. But our eating habits, we ought to be self controlled. Listen, if you can't say no to the hostess, Twinkie, how are you gonna say no to the hostess? Come on. Come on. As far as I know, that's a Danny Hodges original. God gave it to me. And third, third, this is my personal conviction. Because Paul talks about this, you know, he says, you know, godly exercise profits a little. That's the literal, it profits a little. Godliness is profitable on all things. He doesn't say g- bodily exercise doesn't profit. I think we ought to be self-controlled and I think uh, you ought to develop some kind of exercise routine. Now I know the older you get, the harder that is to do. I, I know that. But I try to discipline my body. I don't like the pot belly that I have. I don't like it. And so I'm trying to get rid of it. And so for weeks now, I've been on a mission. And I'm doing hundreds of crunches every day. Hundreds. I'm talking hundreds. Sixty at a time. Sixty at a time. Now, some of you think I'm, I'm not trying to show off or anything like that. But, but look. Hit it. Not bad. Not bad. How firm is that? That's good. Oh, he's serious. What did you say? You're serious. He, she, she said, he's serious. Now, it still has a little curvature to it. But it's solid, and I'm doing hundreds every day. My goal is to get back. My first hero that I can remember was Tarzan. And I remember Johnny Weissmuller. If you remember, he was, he's the only Tarzan. Even the future Tarzans, they dubbed his Tarzan yell uh, because nobody could do it like him. And so this is where I'm headed. This is where I'm headed. You're wasting your time if you write me a negative note or send me an email. I don't care. Come on now, I got to bring this to a close. Say this with me. we you at the bottom. Ready? Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. You have no defense. You have no defense. You got to develop self-control. Then you got to fight the battle every day. David, you know when it was when he fell with Bathsheba? Is the time when kings go off to war. And David decided not to go to battle. He took a break. The story says it was the spring. So it was a spring break. I don't need to say anymore. That's when a lot of people fall. You got to fight the battle daily because he let his guard down. One day, he fell. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 31, I die daily. Daily. Then you got to, I added this one last minute. I added this one because I thought, you know, this is something I've done recently in my life and it's proved to be very beneficial. Uh, Find two Christian, uh, you know, if you're a guy, find two guys. If you're a girl, find two girls. And find two trustworthy accountability partners. Not to lord it over your life, but somebody you can be open with and honest with and they can be open and honest with you. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, one may be overpowered, but two... Can defend themselves. Then it goes on to say a three-chord strand is not easily broken. Hebrews 3 says we to encourage one another daily so that we're not taken down by sin's deceitfulness. I've got two accountability partners now in my life. And uh, if you can find them like this, if you're a guy, I would say find them exactly like mine. Because I got one's a really big guy. You might know him, Pastor Dave Dodge. His office is right next to mine. Uh, he's one right-hand guy, and uh, the other is my, our missions pastor, Art Dykstra. Art and I are very close. We do a lot of things together, and they can ask me anytime, how are you doing? They can ask my wife anytime, how's Danny doing? Art chased me out of the office the other day as I'm leaving, and he said, hey, since I've been back from Guatemala, I haven't asked you, how are you doing? And, and how would Wendy say you're doing? I said, well, you need to ask her. I said, but I think she'd give you two thumbs up. And this has been a, a good thing for me. A good thing for me, it'll be a good thing for you. Last but not least, and we're done. If you fail, and when you fail, don't keep it hidden. Hidden sin, hidden sin. (sighs) Grab hold of you and won't let you go. Confess your faults to one another, James says, that you may be healed. Don't keep it hidden. One of Samson's biggest problems was he was a loner. You read the story of his life, he was a loner. He was a loner. If he'd had some other people around him that he allowed to speak into his life and help him, uh, I don't think the the tragic end, the way he ended, would have ever happened. But I want you to look at this scripture finally because this is written. Notice it starts off, dear friends, dear friends. So it's written to a group. I want us to say this together and, and say it like we're saying it to one another as a very positive, encouraging truth. All right? Are you ready? Ready? Let's say it together. You ready? Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. And that's what we're talking about. It's a real battle. And it's a battle that goes deep. And it's for our soul. For our soul. I'm confident Somebody really needed to hear this today, even those of us who are doing well and fighting the flesh and winning the battle against the flesh, I've been encouraged to continue to fight every day because I'm tempted every day, just like you. So if God's spoken to you and you know what you need to do, if there's something you need to do, maybe you're you're involved in an immoral relationship. And if it's not a physical relationship, maybe it's the computer or whatever and pornography. Oh, my Lord, help us to be delivered. many being taken down by pornography. And if there's a decision you need to make right now, just settle something with the Lord. And then, look, you're going to need to follow through. Make some changes. Begin to fortify your life and fight the battle every day.
0: We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. Pastor Danny will continue his study in the book of Hebrews next time, so we hope you'll join us again. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of The Living Word? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. Please pray for us also. We want to continue following God's plan for this program no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the Living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from the message of the Bible. That does incur some costs, however, so if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website once more is CCfstpet.church. With that, we've come to an end of our time with you today. We pray that God continues to bless you as you study His Word and open your heart to His unending love and grace. Thanks again for tuning in today to The Living Word.